You are now listening to the Fat Fix Podcast with David Flowers, a show talking about all things fat loss and health for the general population. Helping people understand why they are in the position they're in right now, rather than just focusing on what they need to do. Your no-nonsense personal trainer friend that you can have access to in your pocket whenever you need some help, guidance or just to kick up the arse. Hello and welcome to the Fat Fix Podcast for episode number 19. Absolute Billy No Mates today. No guests on the show, so you're going to have to have me on my own. It's been a long time since I've actually done one of these on my own, so it does feel a little bit weird now that I'm not interviewing anyone. Today's main subject, I'm going to be talking about resistance training. And I have wanted to discuss this for quite a while now, to be honest with you, and I have been racking my brains with who to get on the show. But I thought to myself... At the end of the day, why not me, considering that I have taught people how to lift weights and participate in resistance training for nearly a decade now. So what I'm going to do today is share with you some insight around lifting and some things that I think you should know about. I'm sure a lot of people will benefit from this one today, not just you beginners. Firstly, when it comes to lifting weights, I do think that there is a problem with participation not enough people are actually meeting the physical activity guidelines, minimums, which are set in place to promote health, control obesity and reduce other diseases. And I think it's about 150 minutes per week of aerobic activity and 75 minutes of more vigorous activity and a mixture of both and twice per week minimum of resistance training. Now, the trouble in the UK that A lot of people are not even taking part in the aerobic activity, let alone the resistance training, which is significantly less. So it does seem that there is somewhat of a bias and a lack of education in resistance training. And there is a huge need to improve this. And the main takeaway that I want you guys to take from today's episode is so you can actually go to the gym and have this in confidence injected into you so you can go there and, you know, just stop feeling dick in the gym anymore and actually have a better understanding of what you can do and hopefully understand some of the barriers to participation that may have been holding you back for, for many, many years. So if you are one of these people who are scared to step foot in the gym or whatever, I hope by the time that you've listened to today's podcast, you'll have a better perception and understanding of lifting weights. So what is resistance training, weight training, whatever you want to call it? In essence, it's a type of physical exercises specializing in the use of resistance to induce muscular contraction, which builds strength and skeletal muscle. Now, I know you listeners will be itching for me to talk about resistance training in terms of how you can build bigger arms, you guys, or grow your bum for you girls. But before we get into this chat proper, I just want to address its actual importance Because to be honest, most of the resistance training education is all about appearance or just some knob showing off leading to people to overlook its actual importance or to scare them away from actually taking up this behaviour. Now, lifting weights has a profound benefit on all aspects of health, more so than it does for a new Instagram profile picture or a fancy video and such as successful ageing, improvement and prevention of medical conditions, ultimately decreasing your risk of mortality and disease prevention. 
And I've seen it a lot in my time as a personal trainer. People in the 30s, 40s, early 50s who can't pick up a pencil without having some form of back pain or even take a number two without feeling like the, the knees are about to give way. Conditions like osteoporosis, which is basically a health condition which weakens bones, and sarcopenia, which is a degenerative loss of skeletal muscle mass, are really rife in recent society. And more and more people are developing these health conditions. So for me, fundamentally, that's why it's so important to help people do this and actually take up some form of resistance training from a health standpoint rather than the focus just being on body composition because that will come as a byproduct of taking up this um, new hobby potentially for you. So I don't know about you, but the older that I get now, I'm 31 now, I feel, feel ancient. <laughs> I don't want a bit older than my years. And when I become a dad, you know, when I do grow up, to handle a kid, mind you. I don't want to be a vegetable at 50. I don't want to be sat on the couch watching Countdown, complaining about my glass back. So it is important to understand these real reasons why you should take up resistance training or at least consider doing it because more and more people are concerned with just how they look. And for me, it's, it's not a powerful reason why to take this up. And at the end of the day, that's what I want to encourage. I want people to stop being older than the years, to stop moving like Quasimodo. Because at the end of the day, all this will hopefully drive adherence to do it. And protecting the stuff that matters, like our movement and our strength, is often overlooked. But that's what I want to bring to your attention first and foremost today. And like I said before, as a byproduct, you will improve your strength, you'll build some muscle, you improve your cardiovascular fitness by taking this up, therefore getting you closer to the body that you want. Now, how do we get people to actually do this stuff? And this is something that, you know, I've not necessarily got the answer to, but I can come up with potentially a few things to why I think it is a, an issue. And that's because a lot of people are just too scared to lift there's so many barriers and I'm sure you can relate some of this yourself you know you're too scared to lift because you've got a friend who got injured doing it you feel like you don't have the skills to do it you don't know how to lift weights and you hear a lot of people say to you lift weights but you know what do they actually mean you know you might not have access to a gym or your gym doesn't have access to this equipment that you may need to to start using with your resistance training or a lot of people just may feel like they're too old to take up a new skill but in reality, you are never too old to take this up. It doesn't matter what age you are, you can start this. So if I've got any listeners now who are a little bit old, <laughs> honestly, if you are thinking about taking up resistance training, I hope this podcast gets you a little bit closer to doing so, especially over the two episodes, so you have the, the education to have, to have the confidence to go into the gym and do this, because it's going to reap its benefits massively for you. So many people, like I said, don't know what to do in the gym. Lifting weights is so alien to them. That's why you see a lot of people hogging the cardio equipment. It's like the path of least resistance, just jump on a cross trainer. And a lot of girls probably relate to this more than anything. Too scared to go in the weight session. All these lads staring at them, looking at them like they're a wounded zebra walking in. You know, pack of bloodthirsty lions. You know, it's not the greatest place to be, and I can imagine for for a girl. Um, and it is, it really is an intimidating place. And all these are examples and forks in the road that could potentially stop this adherence to resistance training. 
And there's also many barriers, like mental barriers as well, factors associated with participation in resistance training study. They basically spoke about if someone perceived themselves as weak, broken, sick, fragile, then they're less likely to participate. You know, a lot of people do have judgments towards exercise. They have certain beliefs, feelings and expectations. And, you know, the feeling of it being brutal and unpleasant and this will predict that a lot of people are not going to participate and adhere to resistance training. So my job is to try and instill some confidence into the people and help you listeners today believe that you can carry out this task, give you listeners some control over this, because at the end of the day, it is in your hands. I want to promote a feeling of self-efficacy, help people believe they can do it, help them feel safe in doing it without the fear factor of hurting themselves and being in danger. And just this all-around feeling of being in control and in charge of getting to their own destination. Because a lot of people don't feel like they play a part in their own health and feel like they have no control when they do. So it is about understanding where you are right now. And listening to podcasts, I reckon you are ready to make a change and give resistance training a go. Now let's set up a roadmap to help you actually do it. In a previous podcast, I have mentioned a priority pyramid a hierarchy of importance. And this also exists for muscle and strength training. And now this was created by Eric Helms, who is actually on the show next week, and I can't wait for that one. I want you to imagine a pyramid, and at the bottom of the pyramid, you have the most important component of that pyramid. And as we go up, it becomes less important, although still obviously important. Otherwise, I wouldn't be covering it in these next two episodes. So first part of the pyramid is exactly the same as what's in the nutrition hierarchy of importance, which is adherence. Now, I did do an episode on adherence, so I do want you to go over and check that one out um, if you are unsure about that, because that is ultimately what drives everything. If we can't adhere to something, it becomes not very valuable to us. So when we come to programming and resistance training or other form of cardio training, whatever it may be, we need to make sure that we ultimately are adherent to what's set to get the most out of that. Otherwise, like I say, it becomes worthless. So I'm not going to touch upon adherence today because I do cover it in terms of nutrition and training in that podcast and it is a full episode. So what I'm going to start with in the muscle and strength pyramid today is we have three components of something that we call progressive overload. And within that progressive overload, we have volume, intensity, and frequency. And they're the topics that I'm going to be covering today in more detail. Like I said, I don't want to give you too much information and it go over your head. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about progression, exercise selection, rest times, and tempo. So what we're going to do is I'm going to break down each of those things. But first, I just want to give you a brief rundown of what is progressive overload. And I know that I promised to not throw any big words at you. So just let me off for this one. Progressive overload, in a nutshell, refers to the ability to do more over time. And when it comes to resistance training, this really is the governor for progression and something that we do need to be really striving towards, whether that is adding more weight to an exercise, adding more reps to an exercise with the same weight, or working at different effort ranges. 
Now, all these factors will increase the total work you are doing, which is important so you know that you are progressing and you're not just spinning your wheels. Now, this is something that a lot of people do when they do go to the gym. They have no idea how much volume what they've done within a session. They don't know how many reps they've done. They don't know how many sets they've done. They don't know how many muscle groups they've trained. They don't know ultimately what outcome they've achieved from that training session. Therefore, going into the gym, and I'm sure you can relate to this, just going into the gym, picking up the same dumbbells, doing the same amount of reps week in and week out, and not seeing any progression in terms of whether it's lean muscle mass, so muscle on your body, and looking leaner, more toned, or just getting stronger. And this is another problem that I do have with these exercise classes that you see, these fancy classes where you're just getting smashed into the ground, you're feeling sick, you're feeling tired, you're beating up your joints, etc. Because I don't see where the progressive overload is within these classes. And I don't want to get into too much detail going on to a rant about all these pretentious boot camps that we have going at the moment. But I can't help but think that they do not cover the most important aspect of resistance training to get people stronger, to get the health benefits, get the body compositional changes through resistance training, which occurs through progressive overload. So volume, intensity and frequency are all different angles in which progressive overload can be achieved. And obviously in some of the other topics that I'll go through in the next part of this podcast, as well. So first up in the pyramid we're going to talk about, first up in that block at the bottom of the pyramid, is volume and how this impacts progressive overload. So the ideal scenario from your resistance training is to do as much work as you can, but still recover and adapt. And this will ensure you get optimal rate of progress. So for muscle and strength progression, there is a positive relationship between training volume. So it is important to measure volume somehow to make sure that you are progressing. Now, manipulating volume in the gym can come in many, many different ways. And like I say, I'll cover this within this episode and the next part to this. But for today, I'm going to lay out the most simple interpretation of volume, which most commonly is measured through reps and sets. So for example, you go to the gym and you do three sets of 10 squats week one with 50 kilograms, and it feels like an eight out of 10 effort. The next week, you go to the gym, you manage three sets, but you manage to push out 12 squats instead of 10 with the same weight, 50 kilograms, and again, it feels like the same effort, an eight out of 10. Congratulations, you have hit progressive overload through increasing the amount of repetitions that you did. Therefore, doing more, more volume. So this is one variable of increasing total volume. In terms of how many reps should you be doing, that's probably what you're thinking now, and it's a lot of questions I do get asked. Personally, I want beginners especially, not just beginners, everyone, to become efficient in a variety of rep ranges because different adaptations occur in these different rep ranges. So I would want a trainee to become very proficient in a squat over many repetitions, not just one. And that's what you see in a lot of programs. You'll just see three sets of 10, you know, you'll, you'll 
fucking men's health magazine or women's health magazine. There's been three sets of 10 for absolutely everything. And it's not building this proficiency over different rep ranges where you can kind of add more resistance to them as well and get the most out of your training in terms of getting this hypertrophic response that we're looking for when we do train and recruiting these motor units and putting as much tension on our muscle fibers to grow. And when I say grow, girls, don't freak out and think you're going to turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're not. I've been trying to get bigger for nearly 20 years now, and I'm still built like a toothpick. So don't worry about that. I'm talking about building lean muscle, which is ultimately what you want if you do want to look leaner and get that more toned physique. So we want to be proficient in lots of rep ranges. So I would set personally a ballpark of around 6 to 15 rep ranges for most movements that you do. So say you train three times per week, okay? You go into the gym, we train Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Say you, let's use the squat as an example. It's the easiest way to put this. So session one, you squat three sets of six. Session two on the Wednesday, you do three sets of eight of a squat. And session three, you do three sets of 10 reps. And week by week, there's many variables that we can change to improve and get this progressive overload that we're after and increase that volume. So, for example, you could add on one extra rep to session one's three sets of six, and on week two, push out one more rep and get seven reps. At the same weight, using the same variables that you used in week one, you just pushed out an extra rep within them sets. So ultimately, you've done more volume, albeit it's just one repetition. Don't care. It's improvement. It's more than what you did in week one. You could keep the reps the same across the board. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you've got Monday, you do your six reps. Wednesday, you do your eight. Friday, you do your 10. You could keep them set across the board and just increase the load that you used for that amount of reps. So we're increasing, again, Progressive overload by increasing the amount of weight that we lifted. Or you could keep the weight exactly the same, the reps the same, and you could basically just add in one more set for each of the days. So, for example, now you're doing four sets of six reps on a Monday, four sets of eight on a Wednesday, and four sets of 10 on a Friday. So increasing the number of sets here is another way to hit progressive overload. And this way, we are improving work capacity, our recovery capacity. Not just that, but from a health standpoint too, over time, getting that more volume in is going to have some real benefits. So this is very important that to summarize the volume, without, like I said, I don't want this to go over your head, is that each phase of your training, you're going to do more. So for example, the first block of training you do, in the next block of training, you want them to you want them to be a bit more volume. And obviously, if you are a beginner, yes, we should be getting stronger. We should be lifting more weights. We should be looking to improve our sets as well and push out extra reps. At how hard that set feels, keeping it pretty much stable. And I will go into that in a second when I talk about intensity. So it is important as well to mention that volume is very individual. It can vary significantly. And so you need to do consider your recovery capabilities, your your work, work capacity, your training age, your goals. All those things are very important when it comes to 
setting the right volume for you. A lot of people do tend to set themselves way too much volume that they can't recover from it very well. So they either can't walk for a week, therefore they don't go to the gym, so they're not adherent with the training, which is not what we want for a beginner. We just need to give them a little bit of, I always say, the least effective dose, and then you've got somewhere to go with it. So start simple and build your way up. Don't start going to the gym you've never trained before and start adding in, oh, I'm going to do 10 sets of squats 10 by 10 squats every day <laughs> because chances are you'll feel like you need to be put in a wheelchair. So just be very, very cautious. Start small, make these little increments, low effective dose, introduce yourself to a little bit of that resistance training poison and just build upon that as you go on. But that's volume in a nutshell and how you can progress. So it is important. Get yourself a notepad, get it in your phone, whatever you may want to do to record this, but start looking at recording it. I'm not going to set any kind of set exercises today and programs. When I go over exercise selection, I'll go into a bit more detail about things that you can take into consideration. But at the end of the day, there's so many people listening to this. There's so many factors. I don't want to just start prescribing stuff, knowing my luck, someone will end up getting injured. Oh, no, David told me to do that, and I broke my neck. Like, bugger that. I've not got any money, so don't try and sue me. So I'm just giving you the absolute basic rundown of it so you actually understand it next up we have intensity this is another component of progressive overload and i just want to clear something up before we basically get into this when we talk about intensity usually we usually think of something how some hard something is or how sweaty we can get or how sick we can feel again going back to them shit classes that's how it usually makes people feel but in resistance training um Today, we're not talking about cardio. We're not talking about conditioning. We use the word intensity to describe two things. Number one, how much load is on the bar? And number two, how close to failure we have got. So when it comes to load on the bar, we call it intensity of load. So how much weight is on the bar? So think of that squat, that 50 kilogram squat that we've just spoken about. Now we have intensity of effort. So how close to failure we have got with a specific load. So there is a difference between the two. Intensity of load is basically weight on the bar and intensity of effort, it doesn't really matter how much weight is on the bar, we're chasing how close to failure we have got with what's on the bar. Now, the first one is very objective. It's very easy for us to gauge, you know, and we do want people to get stronger each week and we do want people to strive to add more weight to the bar. But also at the same time, we don't want to, add weight to the bar every single week without taking into consideration that other variable, which is how close to failure we have got with that certain weight. So keeping in mind that if our, for instance, if you are adding weight to the bar and you are hitting the reps ranges that you've set, you're keeping the same range of motion, your technique's still good, and you're hitting an effort rating of whatever it may be, 8 out of 10, and you're adding weight to the bar weekly and it's still feeling like an 8 out of 10, that's unbelievable progression. You're going in the right direction. But what a lot of people tend to do when it comes down to weight on the bar is really bump up that weight a little bit too much too soon and or at least chase it too fast without consideration that there is plenty of other variables that we can use as well. They're all just kind of variables that we can use to chase this progressive overload. So what I would want to break down to you is when we spoke about 
So intensity of load is very easy to gauge. It's just weight on the bar. But the other one, the intensity of effort, is also very important to understand. And we can judge this by using what we call an RPE, which is, stands for Rate of Perceived Exertion. Don't want to burn your head. And I'll keep saying this. <laughs> Chatting shit, aren't I? I'm just <laughs> probably burning your head now. But this basically, summarise it, black and white, it's basically like a scale of 1 to 10 how difficult something was. How hard did you perceive that set to be? Or how close to failure did you actually go? Now, usually this is, like I said, on a scale of 1 to 10. 10 would be failure. You know, you'd be squeezing out that set of squats. Your eyes would be popping out of your head. You'd look you'd look like a bloody beetroot in the gym. 9 would be that you had one more rep left in the tank. 8 would be that you got two left. And 7 would be that you got three left in the tank and so on and so forth. Like I said, how many reps did you have in the tank? And this is a very good way you can judge the intensity of effort. So going back to an example, because I want to give you guys loads of examples today. Say, for example, you've got 50 kilograms on the bar. So we've got that objective data, that 50 kilograms. We do our, say, our Friday session, which is three sets of 10. Week one, we week one we do fifty kilograms. We we get the we get the reps out perfect. It feels like an eight out of ten effort. We've probably got two more in the tank. Obviously, gauging this will come as you get a little bit more advanced in it, I suppose. And you know there is some error within this. It's not perfect, but it gives you an idea of where you may be in terms of adding weight to the bar and just put a little bit more kind of. Um, thought into your own training and so you're not feeling pressured all the time especially going back to the barriers that I spoke about before so for example you do your set and it feels like an eight out of ten effort the week after you put 52.5 on the bar and it feels like a 10 out of 10 effort you manage to get the 10 reps but it feels like a 10 out of 10 effort you know looking in you would think on paper I'm getting stronger but are you getting stronger because that has now change so that effort has changed then effort ratings have changed so are you actually progressing so that's why it's a very good indicator to use these objective data which is weight on the bar along with these kind of subjective data to actually ask yourself how did that set feel and obviously over time things can massively change you know it people feel massively different each day you know reps and that at the end of the day, they set on paper. Sometimes you just don't hit them. And at the end of the day, like I said, we want people to be able to handle and recover from the stimuli that we actually give them. And fundamentally, it comes down to getting people stronger without accumulating too much fatigue. So each session, you can add weight to the bar, but at the same time, work out how many reps you still have left in the tank and re reach this desired 1 out of 10 scale rating that you've, you've set yourself so, you know, when it comes to these scale ratings, you don't want to be setting yourself for a one out of 10 and absolutely blagging your workouts. I would say anywhere from a six onwards, and that would work really, really well. So just start yourself there, ease yourself back up, take into consideration of these simple metrics that you can actually use. And ultimately, it will play a big part. And, and going to kind of close to this failure with your working sets, you know, leaving one or two in the tank, you'll be able to keep good form. You know, most of these motor units will have been recruited to ensure that you're putting a lot of force across your muscle fibers. And ultimately, we're having more productive sets towards muscle growth. So if that means kind of, and also lastly as well, it doesn't necessarily mean there's a massive difference between doing eight reps or nine reps. Some, some days are going to change. It doesn't really matter as long as you're close to it and you're judging it with these RPEs. That's 
fundamentally what matters more than anything. So that breaks down intensity a little bit more and gives you a bit more of an understanding on that. And just lastly, before we finish, this is only a small one, we have frequency. Now, frequency is basically how many times per week you can actually train. How many times per week can you actually train a certain muscle group or a certain exercise? And obviously, this comes down to the individual. Again, not setting yourselves too much. Again, going back to that adherence, setting yourself five times a week to go to the gym. It's not really going to work really well just because, you know, you work, you've got life stress, all these other things that are going on in life. Set yourself minimum effective dose three times a week. Like I said, the exercise prescription, what is set is a minimum of twice per week. So if we can get even people doing the bare minimum, it's better than nothing. It's better than what people are currently doing. And ease, ease yourself back in. Again, coming back down to how much volume you can handle, how much you're recovering from them, and getting the most out of your training. So start small, and then you've got lots of tools on your tool belt to be able to use to progress. And again, frequency is also a big part of this progressive overload as well. So if you are squatting twice a week and then you start turning into doing three sessions a week where you're squatting three times a week, obviously as a byproduct, the frequency, uh, sorry, the progressive overload is going to rise because of the increase in frequency. So again, in terms of that, I would say anywhere between you want to look to at least two to three times a week getting into the gym, lifting some weights if you can. Again, starting it at least effective dose, get that low-hanging fruit with your training. And over this next episode, I'll be discussing more about the strength pyramid that you can actually start putting all this into action, set up your training. Like I said, I don't want to give you an overload of information. So I can't stress enough, maybe write this down, guys, because you might it might just go straight out of your head. Listen to it again. Like I said, I want to give you the education to be able to write your own programs, how you can progress them so you can stop being confused in the gym and just get the most out of your resistance training. So part two, too scared to lift. I'll be covering progression, exercise selection, rest periods and tempo. We're going into a little bit more detail of what we've covered today. And yeah, hopefully by the end of it, you'll have a better knowledge of resistance training than probably most PTs as well. Thank you very much. And I'll speak to you very, very soon. Thank you for listening to the Fat Fix podcast and I hope you all enjoyed today's show. If you have not already, please make sure you subscribe and you don't miss out on any future episodes. I also can't stress enough how much it means to me to those that have left me a star rating and written review on iTunes. This will ultimately help me reach more people like you and really help them too. So please give me two minutes of your time to do this if you haven't already. Lastly, any shares and mentions on social media is also massively appreciated. I will see you very soon for the next episode. Thank you very much.